Now you can be seated again. God is on the move, and he's on the move here at Orchardville Church. He's on the move here in the different counties around here. God's stirring something up, not just here, but in other churches and talking with other pastors. God is up to something and stirring hearts and lives and, and seeing people changed. And I really believe, you know, especially with the times we're in now that we have to be, Dale talked about this yesterday at our fish fry, we have to be rooted down and hunkered down for what's about to come to us as Christians. We have not experienced persecution yet like it's coming to us. And you better be hunkered down and rooted in your word and ready to go when it comes or you will fall. And it's gonna get ugly and they're gonna bring things against the church. It's just, it's gonna happen, right? So we need to be prepared for that and we need to understand right now that God is on the move, and it's happening here. Hosea chapter six, verses one through three. God is on the move. We'll be having communion at the end of altar call this morning. God is on the move. If you haven't noticed it lately, then your noticer's broke. Because he's moving, he's doing things. We're seeing healings and I think George made the comment the other day that we're just, we're in this season right now where like the stirring of the pool, Bethesda's happening. We're seeing God do things and heal and touch and it's, it's powerful. It's awesome. Hosea 6 verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in the early spring. Father, I just thank you and I praise you again for your presence. Father, that changes people, that breaks chains, that tears down walls, that brings unity. God, I just praise you and I thank you for that right now. And God, I just pray that... Lord, if anybody came in here with things that they're dealing with or struggling with, Father, they would lay those down at your feet and understand that you can, you can break those chains of bondage off of them, Father, and you can set them free. I just praise you and I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The first thing on God is on the move that I want to hit on, that when God moves, that can involve some pain at times. You're like, whoa, what? When God moves... It can hurt sometimes. It can involve pain. And in verse 1, it said, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. And there's two phrases there where it shows that sometimes things can get painful when God moves. He has torn us to pieces, and he has injured us. Now, I don't recommend you go telling a new believer, hey, you're about to get injured by God, and he's going to tear you to pieces. Okay? But it's here in the Scripture. And then it also talks about how he cares for those wounds. He says he will heal us and he will bandage our wounds. Now, I'm going to give you guys a lot of scripture this morning. Is that okay? That's right. <laughs> if you said, no, I don't want any scripture, then we've got some issues. All right. So John 15, 1, 2. Look how, how the movement of God is described in John 15, 1, 2. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now, if I'm a plant and I had feelings, that hurts a little bit. I imagine that has to hurt a little bit to get pruned. And a couple of questions this morning, how is God pruning you? 
He does that to us. He lets us know there's things you need to cut out of your life that are keeping you from getting closer to me. There's things that need to be pruned. Or there's things that he prunes out of our lives that we say that he doesn't want to say into people. And where has he cut you back from going in life? Like when we're headed down that wrong path, he's good to let us know this is not what I have for you. This is not the direction I want you to go. And he'll prune that also. And in Hebrews 12, chapter 10 and 11, these, most of these are going to be on the screen for you. I know I'm going to jump around quick on them. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. I remember as a child getting disciplined, and I hated it. My parents were the meanest parents. <laughs> They're probably watching right now. I'm just kidding, Mom and Dad. Uh, I was disciplined a lot, and being the oldest child, you get it even more, because supposedly you should have been the good example for the other ones. So you get one too. Um, but discipline, nobody likes it. It's painful at times. The kids don't like it. My kids don't like it. Uh, Brylan gets it more than Jackson, so everybody knows. <laughs> she knows. But it's not good, but, but our parents do that or should be doing that. I'm not going to tell you how to parent, but spare the rod, spoil the child. Uh, I believe in spanking my kids. You can do what you want, and everybody has the right to do that. My mom and dad spanked me, and I turned out halfway decent. So I handed that down to my kids, and I'm sure they'll hand it down to theirs. But in the moment, discipline hurts. Um, I remember the silverware drawer always moving around a little bit while you're sitting in your room just waiting. <laughs> I know it's coming. And that was the worst, when they tell you to go to your room and think about what you did. I really don't need to. I know what I did, and I know what's coming. So those five minutes and the drawer coming around, making the noise. And... But I know my mom and dad did that because they loved me. And they wanted to teach me right from wrong and to raise me to be responsible. But at the moment, I didn't see that. You know, I remember in my head when my mom and dad would whip me, you guys are abusing me. I'm going to run away if you spank me again. And I never did. But in my head, I was thinking these things about how much I, I hated them, and I can't believe they would do that to their child. But it needs to be done. We need discipline. Uh, we need to know right from wrong. We need our parents to do that for us as kids, and we need God to do that for us as adults. And it hurts sometimes that we have to go through that. Um... God's movement, again, can be painful when he has to discipline us, but pain produces three things in Hebrews 12, 10, and 11. It says, for our earthly, I read that, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how, okay? And it talks about three things there that, that God does for us when he disciplines us. One of them, it brings holiness. Holiness, being set apart, being different from the world. When God disciplines us, he helps us with that. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Um, I think that's missing a lot in our Christian faith right now, that we need to be set apart, that we need to be different, we need to be living these holy lives. He also brings a peace, peaceful harvest of right living, and he also gives us training, or he's discipling us as he disciplines us. So it can be painful at times. 
when we experience God moving? Can we achieve these things without pain? Let's see how Jesus, if he had to deal with it. Hebrews 5, 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. But I thought when you became a Christian, everything was great for you and everything was wonderful and you never had to deal with problems anymore. If somebody tells you that, that's a Christian right now, they are wrong. And I'm sorry they said that to you. Um, when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean everything's perfect. We will have trials, we will have struggles. It's still, it's still things we're gonna have to battle and go through. Look how Peter answers those who say God's will for us is to be, you know, if, if you had somebody tell you you're supposed to be ha happy and healthy and prosperous and problem-free, that's the way it is as a Christian. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 6, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And then in 1 Peter 4, 19, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. I love that. And, and, and Peter also tells us how God cares for the wounded and the hurting. When this happens, 1 Peter 5.10, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, which means we go through things, he will restore he will support and he will strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. Amen. So most of us have been through these trials, these hurts, these pains in life. You might be going through some now and I want you to know that's perfectly normal. That's normal. That we are gonna go through things, that we're gonna struggle with things. And I don't want you to think for a second that God is sitting on the sideline just looking at you like, ha, 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 look at you. You're suffering and you're having to go through things. He's not, he's not standing there as a spectator. He is actually walking right beside you through those things that you're dealing with and struggling with. And he's not leaving you. He's not leaving you, not forsaking you. So again, God's movement can involve some pain. Another thing is God's movement, movement can be a progressive thing. I've seen God move where he moves just like that, and I've also seen it where over time, God takes you somewhere, but it might take a little bit to get there. So it can be progressive also. And when we look at this, Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. Sometimes when things come at you in life and you are overwhelmed and you don't know where to turn and what to do, God may just call you to stand. Just stand. Hold your peace and let me fight your battles for you. Our instinct says, let me try to handle this on my own, especially the men, let me try to handle this on my own, I can do this. But there are times when you can't, and you just need to stand firm where you're at and let the Lord fight the battle for you. Um, again, progressive in God's movement. That's happening at Orchardville Church right now. Progressive. 
week after week, you know, Sharon, Karen's been saying, you know, when we come into the church on Mondays, it keeps on getting better. It keeps on getting better. And it's progressive that God is doing things and shifting things and changing things in the church. It's progressive. And you can see it. If you'll look around, you can see it happening. If you're not interested in the spiritual side of things, then you won't see it happening. But I pray that we all are on the same page to want to see God move in his spirit to be present and evident in our church. And we've noticed that God's doing things. He's shifting things. Progressive. It could take some time. Joshua 6, 1 through 5. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. Sometimes it's progressive. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. It didn't happen on the first day. It was progressive. And they kept doing what God commanded them to do and were obedient in that. And then God showed himself and he moved. So progressive thing. Psalm 27, 13, 14. Told you a lot of scripture today. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. God's movement can take some time. Sometimes I can be impatient. Anybody else? I want it now. It really drives me nuts in drive throughs It's not a drive through it's a stop-through nowadays. Sometimes you stop for a long time. But that's just the way our society is. We want things done quickly and fast and, and now. And there's times when God says, just wait. Just wait. It's coming. It's coming. You know, as, as many years as some of the people in the Bible had to wait, there is no way we would do that now. 40 years. Whatever, you know, there's no way we would wait that long for God to do something. We give up on it after a week sometimes. But God says, hang on, just wait. I'm going to move. Progressive means happening or developing gradually or in stages, proceeding step by step. And I said that, that, that those things are happening in the church right now. And we're seeing God move. And as we keep, continue to come together in unity, we're going to see that more and more and more. Amen. And we'll walk in here every week with an expectancy that God's going to do something fresh and new. Every, I don't want to get in a rut. We come in and just do church and we walk out and we come in. And we, I don't want to do that. I pray you guys don't want to do that either. We want to come in here and see God move every time we come together. We want to see people in the altars, that their lives are being changed. We want to see people saved. We want to see people breaking chains off their lives. Every time we come in here, if we don't, we're missing it. We're missing it. So again, God moving amongst us, sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. Um, but we have to have that unity in the church to see it. So I need, I need some volunteers. I'm not going to throw water on you. Just... I need like 15 people. That are okay holding hands eventually. I know we're in a, in a strange time here, but if you're okay holding hands with somebody next to you, I need 15.
Just straight along the front here. Where's my youth? I'm about to call them out. This will be good. This will be good. There they are. All right. So God's moving, all right? God's doing things. But all the time, if we're not in unity, we don't see that. We don't get it. We don't understand what's happening. So if Walker yells out, God's moving in my life. And he's yelling it to Mr. Gregory down here at the end, Mr. Bear and Bear, and everybody in here is like, huh, what? What's going on? And Brent's like, he's moving in my life too, Walker. But all these people in the middle here haven't really noticed that yet because maybe we're not tuned in spiritually and we're not in unity together. So he's yelling it from one end that God's moving in his life and all these people in the middle are like, what's going on? What did I miss out on? I didn't feel anything. I didn't know anything was going on. But when we come in here with the same purpose in mind and we're unified, we're ready to reach, teach, and serve people, then we start linking up with each other. And what Walker's experiencing, Kobe starts experiencing. I know this is awkward, guys. And they start experiencing, and they start experiencing together, and it spreads to this one, and that one, and this one, and that one, and here we are. So, Walker's still yelling out, man, God's doing stuff in my life. I'm seeing him moving. And we used to play this little game, and we would see if it was like electricity is what they call it or something, how it moved through people. So you squeeze his hand, and we're going to go all the way down, all right? Squeeze. Pass it on to the next one. You get it? And because we're in unity and we're working together to do what God wants us to do in the church together, what he feels, he feels, she feels, she feels. We all know what's going on. We all sense his presence. We understand that, his, that God is moving and we're in it together. And it's not he's moving in his life and he's only moving in his. It's moving all of us together. Everybody. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. You just know when that's going on. You don't have to shout it from one side of the church to the other. Everybody's shouting it. God's doing something. God's moving. I know it. You know it. We can all feel it. Let's go. Let's go where he's moving us. There's another side of that. When we try to rush God, it's not a good thing. Been there, done that. Made my own decision. I think this is what you want, God. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then it fails. Miserably. Sarah and I bought a, a video editing business. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. I'm going to own my own business and... I'm going to edit videos and, and make a lot of money. Yes, God, I think that's you. Yeah, you want me to. Yes. I missed it. It was awful for us. It was awful for our, our marriage, our finances. Here's the thing that I didn't let God open my eyes to. It was right before everything started going digital. And he didn't have any digital equipment, the guy I bought it off of. So right out the gate, I'm behind and I was going to have to buy all this new equipment. I'm, why, didn't you, why didn't you think this through, God? And he's like, I did. You didn't. <laughs> I've had moments like that where I didn't wait on God and I acted on my own. And that's not a good thing. Abram and Sarah, I tried to rush God. What happened? She hooked him up with her maid, the maidservant. So you give him a, you give him a child. 
I can't do it. I'm not going to wait on God. I'm going to be too old. It's not the plan that God had for them. So this morning, just remember, instead of rushing God and trying to help him out, sometimes you have to wait and give him time to move. Let him do what he wants to do. And sometimes that means he's shifting things around that need shifted before he does what he wants to do. Wait on him. Be patient. Another thing to look at when God moves, every time God moves, there's a purpose. There's a reason why it happens. There's a, you know, there's a good side of that, and then there's the hard side of that when God moves or, or takes something out of your life or takes someone out of your life. Or, it's hard sometimes, but there's a purpose behind it. And I've grown to understand that more and more over the years, um, that when God moves and he does something, there's a purpose, that he, there's a reason why he does it. Hosea 6, and I'll go over 2 and 3 again. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord, let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming rains in early spring. Three things to look at in that scripture is that he restores us. Thank God for that. Because I have failed, I have let him down, I have been crushed, and he's restored me. He restored me. Now, I mentioned earlier when I was praying and talking, a lot of times you're not going to find that in people. You need to find that in God. Because a lot of times people don't want to restore you. They want to give, give up on you. And God said, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to do a work in your life. And, also, and, and when he restores us, it allows us to live in his presence. And then as we know him, he responds to us. As we know him, he responds to us. Psalm 85, 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Movement is him reviving us and the purpose is us so we can rejoice in him. Man, there's been times in my life that I need revived. I need woken up. I need a fresh touch from the Lord. And then I can experience his presence again and I can rejoice in him. The last thing this morning is when God moves, I love this one. When God moves, it's powerful. When God moves, it's powerful. Have you ever been in a service where, I was raised Church of God, so I might have experienced things a little bit different than you guys have, but um, just been in a service where the, the Spirit of God just falls on the place and no one's immune to it in the building. <laughs> I've had those services that I've experienced, a genuine move of God and the power of God fall in a service and nobody can get away from it. Even the hardest heart being changed in the building because God's spirit moved. And I've been, I've been in those services where I've tried to, to resist it. And, oh, God, I I'm not getting in that. And then he just gets you. <laughs> I used to not cry a lot. It's happening more often. I don't know what's going on with me. I, I probably have to go to the doctor to get it checked. But <laughs> I can be, I, I've been in services where you know, God's moving on somebody else's life, and I'm just like, oh, look at that. And it just blesses you to see that. And it just breaks something inside of you like, oh, that's awesome. And now it's doing something to me. And that's awesome too. And I've just, I've been in those services where his presence just overwhelmed you, and you can't just help but praise him and worship him and get involved in what's going on. It's a beautiful thing. 
He talks about, uh, in, in Hosea 6, 3, on this, on this powerful lesson, oh, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain on the earth. Sunsets and sunrises painted by God. That's powerful. Anybody enjoy seeing the sunsets at night? And just, wow, those are beautiful. They're awesome. Look at what God did. And these things are beautiful and powerful. And another thing is that they're always constant. They happen every day. Just like God wants to move on us every single day as we fellowship with him, as we commune with him. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain on the earth, Leviticus 26.4. And I, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. When God moves, there, there are ways that it's similar to the rain that's talked about here in Leviticus. And you guys know that, that God wants us to have life and have it more uh, abundantly as he reigns on us, to live in that life abundantly. When God moves, when his Holy Spirit rain falls, it brings forth fruit in our lives. Galatians 5, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. When God moves and those powerful things happen, all of that stuff starts flowing out of us as that rain flows upon us and comes down on us. And it starts producing this fruit in us. And sometimes, you know, we're not experiencing God's power. We're, we think in our minds that, you know, wh where's God at? Why is he not in this? And I assure you that he is not dormant in what he's doing in your life. If you're seeking him throughout the trial, throughout the struggle, you continue seeking him, he is moving on your behalf. And remember, you need to be patient at times with that and understand that he's always at work for you. Ephesians 1, 19 through 21, as I get ready to wrap up here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Now, I've been telling modified youth this for four years that I want I want myself, I want them to walk in everything that God has for them. Yes. Everything. Some people want to shy away from everything that God promises us in his word and what he wants us to walk in. I don't want to do that. I want to experience everything that he has for me. I want everybody in this church to experience everything God has for you and not be afraid of it. Because he wants to move on us. He wants to to show us signs and wonders and miracles and healings and salvations and rededication. He wants that for the church. He wants that for his people. And again, we've seen God moving and it's been powerful, but there's more. I want more. You hopefully want more. You want to see things that cannot be explained by man happening inside this building and outside these walls as we minister to people. What better evidence to show someone God is real than do you walk up to people and just explain your testimony, his goodness in your life, you pray for that person, they come to know him by what he's poured into you and you're pouring into somebody else. There's power in that. He wants to do those things in us. He wants to move, and he is moving. Talks about the former and the latter rain. I've been in you know, some good services in the past, 
Seen God move in mighty ways, but I can't live off of yesterday. We can't live off of yesterday, what we saw five years ago, 10 years ago, three years ago, 50 years ago. We can't live off of that experience forever, especially when we know that God wants to move all the time. We need his reign on us, his Holy Spirit reign to come down on us and move and see the powerful things that he has in store for us. The praise team would come up. I don't just want to do church. I don't just want to come in here and, and get a warm and fuzzy feeling and go home and say that was good enough. I want to see lives transformed. I want to see people walk in and know how much Jesus loves them based on our hearts and what he does in the service and as he moves. I want conviction to come upon people, not judgment from us, but conviction from the Holy Spirit to make them run to this altar and say, I can't keep doing life the way I've been doing it. I need something different, and that different is Jesus. I don't want to go weeks and months without God moving. I want it to be an all-the-time thing that God's moving, that he's doing things. And what happens inside of us as God does things inside the church, and by the way, this isn't really our mission field. I mean, it's good that when people come in here, it's out there, though. It's easy for me to go to George and, and pray over him right now if he has things he's going on. It's a lot more comfortable for me to do it here. It's a lot different when I do it out there. And that's what he's calling us to do as his disciples, is to love on people, to encourage people, to show them the love of Jesus. It takes some boldness from us, some strength from us. It takes his Holy Spirit moving in our lives to stir something up in us that I don't want to keep this to myself. I want others to know this too. If you guys would stand this morning. God is moving. God is moving. And if you haven't experienced that yet, you're not, you're not understanding, then I encourage you to come up this morning and just, just pray. Maybe, maybe there's some things that are blocking God from moving in your life right now that you need to lay down. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's a hurt or pain. Whatever it is, you might need to lay that down at the Lord's feet so he can operate how he needs to operate in your life. Don't put up these blockers in front of him. Maybe you don't know the Lord this morning. You're in here, you don't know the Lord as your Savior. I encourage you to come to know Jesus. And I promise you, I promise you that you'll find a love that you will not be able to describe. A love that says, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. I still love you and I forgive you. Let me restore that joy inside of you. So Father, right now, as our hearts are tuned into you, Father, Lord, I pray that your conviction sets in, Father, your love sets in people's hearts. And Lord, that they would just respond. If there's something in their life that they need to lay down that, that is blocking you from moving, Father, if they just want a fresh touch, 
your hand, God, upon their life that they would come and respond. And Lord, for those that maybe don't know you in this place, that they would not leave the same. They would come back to you, God, if they've strayed away. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for everything you do, God. Just move in this place right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come this morning? Body. Prayer for anything, please come.